back to 64. This is David coming at you live, as always, from the great state of Illinois. Joining me on the podcast is an up-and-coming chess TikToker, YouTuber, streamer. Uh, seems like one of the nicest guys in chess. I'm about to find out. Please welcome to the show, KD Learns. Welcome to the show, KD. Thanks, David, for the, uh, for the stellar introduction. That uh, I'll try to live up to expectations, but I'm not sure I will. You know, I, I think it was about this time last year. This is where I first learned about you. Um, it was the Chess Olympiad, and uh, I was asked to do some coverage of Dina Bielankaya's, uh games. And I think you also did some coverage of her games during that. And slowly, you know, I followed you on Instagram. I uh, sent you a couple of messages here and there. I, I saw your reels and stuff. But uh, slowly but surely, you you grew your, your empire. You got uh, almost 18,000 subscribers on youtube twenty thousand plus followers on tiktok uh first thing i want to ask you and also i mean your instagram is also like blown up a million plus likes on tiktok uh all on chess content and uh it seems like you're definitely up and coming uh you you we were in dina belenkaya's uh, corner for the chess boxing event uh, i saw you recently were hanging out with uh, eric rosen at the uh i think it was a national open um yep. in las vegas so how how do you do it? Like like, what's the secret, man? Is it the past year you've uh, you've blown up? So like, how do you do it? <laughs> uh, I guess like in terms of like you know, getting connected with Dina or Eric, um, I think some of that may be some of my business skills coming into handy because I spent five years working in finance before pivoting to chess, and. Yeah, I think a little bit of it is is just like a networking skill and and developing these personal relationships and both personal and professional, right? And um, the biggest thing was, you know, I, I came into last summer as largely a nobody. <laughs> like you, you only found out about me because I did commentary for Dina Belenkaya, and Dina only knew about me because uh, I reached out on on a I just went out on a limb and I DM'd her and I said, Hey, you said you're looking for titled chess players to do commentary. I'm not titled, but I'm willing to do commentary. <laughs> so I was like, you know, just a shot in the dark. And she said, Well, you know, I I would prefer to have, you know, a master or, or some someone who's like good at chess, but you know, have you done commentary before? Obviously, I've <laughs> I've never done commentary before that point. So, so what I did was I sent her all of my uh, YouTube shorts and TikToks about um, the candidates tournament that had just happened. So I had done a recap of every single round, just doing quick twenty second, twenty to thirty seconds per um, decisive result or or main game of the day. And she said, "I love it. Like you're in. Let's let's figure out when we can get you scheduled for commentary." So. Um, and something similar for for Eric Rosen, I reached out one day because I saw like one YouTube short from him, and I was like, "Oh wow, I've never seen a YouTube short from Eric." I looked at his page, and there was like six of them. <laughs> As I just thought, that seems like a missed opportunity. So I reached out, and I you know started talking to him about you know just short strat short form content strategy and everything like that. I edited a few videos for him. And, you know, we didn't really continue um, working as a client and, you know, service provider, but uh, we kind of met that way. And, you know, we got to hang out in Vegas and had a good time. And, yeah, I'm actually going to visit St. Louis this weekend and going to get some, t you know, 
some chess tennis, which I'm sure we'll talk about later uh, with Eric Rosen then. So really looking forward to, yeah, kind of just building these relationships. Like, and obviously it's cool with, with Eric and Dina, like they're really big figures, but, um, but it's not just about, you know, the size of the content creator or, or the person on the other side of the relationship. It's like, I've met so many cool people in chess and that's both online and in person now. And that's just one of the coolest things. It's like, you go to, you know, the, your immediate friend circle, there might not be many people who care about chess or even understand anything about chess, but you go into the chess world and there's all these people that share this passion with you. And I feel like that's something that's important to cultivate and important to, to reach out and connect on. Absolutely, man. But uh, I, I guess the first thing I want to ask you is like, are you doing this full time? Like, how how did you how do you decide to go from finance to uh you know chess streaming and, and and making making reels and stuff like that? Like, it's a it's kind of a big leap. It it is a big leap, and the answer is that right now it, it is I you know full time in in content creation. Um, it wasn't that way, but I know you discovered me a year ago. But I've been at this for basically two and a half years. Um obviously not full-time the entire time it started as a hobby and um long story short i had this whole situation with my work where i needed to go work remote because my girlfriend is a classical violinist and oh. it's uh very difficult for her to work remote but for me in finance we were already working remote so we had a little bit of a agreement and then a disagreement on working remote uh, I got laid off because of it. And then I had like a nice severance period. And with that severance period, I was like, well, I've been working crazy hours, like anywhere from 60 to 100 hours a week uh, in finance for five years. So let me just take some time to just dive into whatever passions are going on. And at the time, it was chess. So that was that spurt where I started networking. I, I commentated for Dina, I commentated for... Alexander Kasenyuk and and it was just it just kind of snowballed where I saw enough growth where I wasn't making enough money yet, but I saw a path to to get to full time um, effort. So I mean, am I at a complete full time desired income? Not yet. I I'll be honest. I'm not I'm not quite there. But there are you know some other stuff that's supplementing it with like uh, editing for other people, doing some YouTube consulting. So trying to make it work i'm not sure if it's going to work uh forever but we're we're trying to get over the hump yeah of course um so you do all your editing you you make all the thumbnails and, and stuff like that that's all you uh so i actually recently started hiring a thumbnail artist uh that was one of the ways that i wanted to level up my content uh he doesn't work on every single thumbnail because <laughs> there is a, a price associated with that but for certain videos I, that I believe in a little bit more, I, I, I do make sure I get the effort to um, have the professional grade thumbnail. And I'm trying to learn, you know, skills uh, to develop my my own thumbnail making as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about YouTube. I like my YouTube channel, uh, which I'll link below, but it's uh, it's in shambles. Um, <laughs> but it's it a does tough seem, game. Yeah, it's a tough game. I was going to say like the... I feel like there's a lot of esoteric kind of knowledge that you need to know just by doing it. And nobody wants to really share their, their YouTube secrets because, you know, then you're helping your competitors 
in a way. I don't know. That's kind of my my suspicion. Yeah, I mean, okay. There's 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 two philosophies on this, right? And I've seen both in practice, um, both like in finance and chess and just what everything, right? And uh, there's two philosophies. Either you can be really cutthroat, and you're like, no, I I went through this experience. This is my experience. This is my knowledge. You can't have any of that. And then there's the second approach, which is um, usually what I favor. Uh, obviously, I guess it's a little bit of a spectrum, but the second approach is a rising tide lifts all boats. And um, especially when you are on the rise, well, the more you share and share with others, the more they can appreciate your knowledge. And ideally, they reciprocate. And, you know, it, it's um, it's a little bit different when you're, you know, comparing two people of completely different sizes. But, um, but yeah, I mean, in general, I really favor like the, the collaborative kind of culture. Mm-hmm. Now, how, how did you get into chess then? Have you played your whole life or? I uh, I started after watching the Queen's Gambit. So I am guilty oh, nice. of being a Queen's Gambit bandwagoner. Um, so I started, I watched the series a couple months late. I think it came out in October of 2020. I watched it around Christmas time. And then I watched it with my girlfriend. And I was like, oh, like, wow, like chess seems like it'd be so fun. I only played like a few games as a kid against my brother, who's six years older than me, and against my dad. Both of them took no mercy, just beat me <laughs> 10 to 20 games in a row. And I was like, this is the worst game in the world. I'm never playing this again. <laughs> and lo and behold, after watching the Queen's Gambit, I was like, maybe I should figure out how to do this. And my girlfriend had no interest in it. I, I love her, but she has no interest in chess. So I was like, okay. Uh, one of my other, one of my best friends uh, was playing chess, like had started playing chess. And we, you know, he told me to download chess.com and we started playing exclusively daily games because I didn't want the pressure of timing out. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then eventually just got into it and have never looked back. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's awesome. So you've been mostly self-taught. If you've got a coach, like, how have you been kind of improving? So I started streaming two months into learning chess, which sounds crazy it sounds like a terrible decision but um my idea was that i'll hold myself accountable to playing chess on a schedule if i stream and what i didn't realize was that i was going to meet all these crazy people who are awesome they're crazy in a good sense like i I mean i mean that with every ounce of love possible like these people that love chess and that their love for chess was contagious and they were much higher rated than me because i was just a beginner and they kind of helped guide me, whether it was doing like puzzles together, like in study sessions and getting to see their thought process and how they work backwards to solve things or, you know, getting their opinions on games or openings. Like, I, I feel like I really benefited, like I said, like in that collaborative atmosphere, a lot of people are just happy to share their love for chess, or at least that's the the corner of the online chess world that I fell in. And I've uh, been super lucky. I, I connected with Brentino who is a also also a streamer and he completely guided me as an unofficial coach for a long time. And then I actually started working with his coach, international master Keaton Kira. No, but uh, I've been just really lucky to meet the right people early in my journey. And uh, so big shout out to both Brent and Keaton. 
Now, you recently you played in the National Open, like I said. How did that go? I, I saw some of your YouTube videos. Uh, you, you've had like one game with four brilliant moves with Summon. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, it, it's... I, I called it my immortal game. And... Um, okay, quick, quick a little snippet. And not to throw Dina under the bus, but I'm throwing her under the bus. So I, you know, I do consulting work for Dina Blancaya. And we were talking about youtube ideas and then i was like oh sorry by the way i wasn't very responsive because i was playing this game and i'm in this tournament i'm just proud of it so i'm gonna send it to you and she, she responded with like pages of how like six different moves were huge blunders or positional misunderstandings and i was like okay this is the last time i ever send you a, yeah. a chest <laughs> 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 uh, but, but in general like I feel like I learned so much from that that tournament. It was my first multi-day tournament. So everything I've done before was one day. It was like four 60-minute games in one day. And it's a long day. But it's a different experience when you have to do four hours of chess. Um, you know, sometimes twice a day. Like these are th this is game 90 plus 30 increment on every move. So in Vegas, it was literally like most of my games lasted four hours. I've never done that before. I know for a lot of chess listeners out there, that might be like, yeah, this dude's crazy. That's literally normal. But I had never done that before, and I didn't realize how taxing that would be from an energy standpoint. But uh, I I still enjoyed it a lot. And I found it really meditative and stressful at the same time. And I can't steal the credit on meditative because that's a, something that Zefcat, another streamer, made me realize. She said this during a streamer panel that, classical over the board chess is very meditative you just separate yourself from all technology from all your problems and you just focus on what you're doing and that for me was it was like a peaceful but also stressful experience and yeah i i had a plus score four out of seven so definitely happy about that and gained 81 rating points so overall just a, a success and and it was part of a chess festival so there were a lot of like different events and everything going on uh, got to meet a lot of streamers, a lot of chess players, and yeah, it was, it was good chess, good good vibes. Yeah, I mean, I, the National Open looks looks super fun. I, I haven't I haven't had time or, or really I haven't been able to plan any of those like um, chess events. Although I am thinking of doing that Alto thing, the at least twenty one uh, tournament in Charlotte in September. I don't know if you've heard about this. What what date is it? Because I'm after Vegas. I'm looking for. Uh... Yeah, I think it's event. sometime in September, I think. I mean, now I'm going to look like an idiot if I haven't Googled it, but it's 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 called like Alto, like at least 21 is what it stands for. Um, okay. I, I don't have any problem playing against kids in chess. I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of people who kind of like, I, I see it on Twitter all the time, people who just like, oh, well, I, I lost this game, but it was to a child, so it's okay. It's like, you know, not every kid is going to be a grandmaster, you know, like, like most mm -hmm. of them are just kids who are, you know, also improving and... So I'm not generally worried about that. And listen, if you if you get to play against the next like Magnus or Hikaru or whatever, like Brewington Hardaway, one of those guys, like that's a great experience too. Because then you're like, you're you're playing against some of the like you know some of the great players in, in maybe in history. So like I don't know. I think it's fun to play kids. But my point is, I'm gonna play that just because there's gonna be alcohol and I like having a drink with chess players after, uh, <laughs> after after a round. That's what I learned when I've been in Europe playing chess. So uh, that's one of the the nice things. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll do my research as well, and I'll I'll uh, see if I can fit that in because I I would love to uh, to go to something like that.
Yeah. But on on the topic of kids and chess, I recently tweeted about how I uh, beat this kid in chess. And one, I guess my tone wasn't exactly what you would call friendly. So someone replied like, dude, what's your problem with kids? And I, you know, I had to like backtrack a little bit and explain like, well, okay, to be fair, this is the second time I played this nine-year-old kid. The first time I was plus 15 and I lost. And then this, and the second time I like, we were just chatting before as, as joking around and I I just told him I was like oh yeah like I'm out for revenge and um yeah he played like the exact same opening and you know I didn't I didn't mess up the advantage this time <laughs> and uh yeah it was it was uh it's I don't know like like you're saying like you might be playing one of the next great players and this kid's like top 100 nine-year-olds in the U.S. like may, maybe he's not Magnus Carlsen but he could still be easily be a chess master in the future Right, hundred percent. But I think it's yeah. You, know, you mentioned that your girlfriend plays uh like classical music, and it's very it's mm-hmm. kind of a very similar thing where I think like classical music and chess are like basically the two two of the only things I could think of where like little children can, generally speaking, like be up to par with ninety nine point nine percent of adults. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like there's still going to be that point where they have to actually become a professional and learn all those like small details, right? Like mm-hmm. even Magnus didn't, he didn't have smooth sailing straight to 2,800, right? He, he even plateaued somewhere at some point you do have to do the work and like actually learn the proper stuff. But I mean, if you're like genius, you could just like fly through everything and every barrier. And then I think like adults look at that if they're starting out and they don't have these like, you know, the neuroplasticity is gone like now i'm an, i i'm an idiot now like like i can't do anything anymore but like if i was like i don't know 12 years old again like yeah i'd be doing everything i wanted um so i think we look at that or that i think it's also just humiliating to lose to kids sometimes honestly i the last otb oh. game i lost a nine-year-old girl and i think she was like nine or something and she was like bro like she was like faking like being upset about the position and we both were like in time trouble and oh, I no. blundered and we lost. And she just like her face like lit up. Like she was like pretending to cry. She was fake crying and her face just like lit up. And she like plays this like check and like made this force. And we were like both in time trouble. But like, how do you do that to an adult? Like, have some respect, man. Like, as she kept every four moves, asked me for a draw. She put her hand up, she said, draw, draw, draw. I said no. And I lost anyway. And then I see her like dancing around the playing hall, like, like looking for her dad and stuff like that. And I was like, what the hell? Like, and meanwhile, I have to go back to like, you know, nine to five lifestyle. So <sighs> brutal. It's brutal. Oh, that that does sound brutal. Honestly, my first opponent in uh in Vegas was this older gentleman who wore a baseball cap. I'm not even joking, like so low that I could not see his eyes or barely even his nose. So I think he he maybe he's had a similar experience where he was like, I just don't even want to give my opponent any sort of information about how I feel. And I don't want any sort of information about how they feel. <laughs> I definitely do the acting, though. Um, and I'm you OK with saying, well? yeah, I'm, and I'm OK with saying that because. You know, maybe somebody plays against me and I'm not acting. No. Haha. Right, um, right. Yeah, but pe- I I mean I've never seen anybody fall for my uh, uh you know, try to try to make like some like oversell uh, obvious pawn is hanging and pretending like I blundered when it's like just fully some sort of trap I prepared. So I, I've tried to do it. Hasn't worked because I saw some Hikaru video or I actually was uh it was a I think it was Fabiano 
was talking about how Hikaru like acts like he's a huge actor. Like he'll pretend mm. that you know, he's blundered a position and he just hasn't. And he's been known to do this. So I tried to like try to copy Hikaru and like be a, like a, you know, actor Andy, but nah, eh. <laughs> it, really it, it takes a natural talent for that part. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the topic, I guess you, you, you did mention, uh, so you, you like do like reels for every tournament uh every major tournament um uh, for both both open chess and women's chess and that's also something I, I find very admirable that you you've you've always done a focus of that and uh i know you've highlighted a lot of dina's games because i guess you guys are are i would imagine you guys are like friends now um i would like to think so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't ask her that question <laughs> yeah I, I think she's still roasty or whatever probably but uh right, but I, right. yeah but um are you are you gonna be I assume you're gonna be following this uh this world championship match now, right? Yeah. Spoilers for anyone that's watching the first two games, but first two games were draws. So um I th- I think I am gonna try to basically unless there's like a, a wild draw, like focus on the decisive results for this championship match. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely super exciting. It's an all Chinese um world championship match. So it's uh Kind of a little bit like a, a veteran versus, uh, you know, someone a little bit younger. So, yeah, the, I feel like there's a good storyline, and and I'm shocked at how calm both players seem to be in their demeanor. But they're professionals, and that's how they do it. Yeah, they're also they're good friends, from what I understand. Uh, June. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. so um, it's 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 a good match. I've the problem is is that the the coverage starts at like two a.m. here, and that's usually yeah. when I'm going to bed. So like I haven't really been able to watch. I will try to watch. Um. I think as the match gets tighter and tighter, I will start um, trying to follow along because um, uh, the chess.com commentary at least uh, is too like it's it's Alexander Kristenyuk and Yvanka Hauska who are, you know, I, I think at least I don't know if they're going to be doing it for the whole time. Um, knowing chess.com, like they'll probably switch it up at some point, but um, that that's a crew I definitely want to check out because they're 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 both like really, 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 really great chess players okay. and commentators. So, yeah. I mean, one of them is a is a world champion. So yeah, exactly. Like, there's no denying. <laughs> yeah, are, are, they're they're prowess. Do you have a favorite? Like, who do you think is gonna win it? I mean, I I would I don't really have a a favorite or or like a strong prediction. So I, I'm here to enjoy the chess. <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, because I think I, like. Ju and Jun is the world champion, current world champion, but Lei Tingji has had a better performance rating for what I've read this year, um, in this calendar year. So, um, you know, she's been in better form and she's also younger. And I think she's been more active than Ju. Like Ju and Jun hasn't actually played that much. So, Mm. um, I don't know who I would take, but, uh, it'll be good to watch anyway. Yeah. And I think a part of that, like the the performance in this year is is because Ju and Jun took a much bigger hiatus during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like I think it took her longer to get back into chess. I I do want to share something when I was uh, following this uh, championship match. I I do want to share something that I stumbled upon. It was a little promo. They interview like both players, right? And Lei Tingjie said like. I don't know. I was just so impressed by this quote. Maybe it was scripted. Maybe it wasn't. I don't care. This is just awesome. She said, uh, you know, they're they're asking her about the pressure of the match. And she goes, I will turn this challenge into an opportunity. No fear, no retreat. 
whoa <laughs> like, <laughs> okay all right yeah no that retreat. goes hard that goes <laughs> yeah. out that goes super hard um yeah, yeah it's 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 really funny because you know you'll you'll have like i guess like the misogynistic crowd will say oh like women's chess is so much more emotional da 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 I mean, like you said, so far, both of them have had nerves of steel. Like, And then meanwhile, like in the Nepo-Ding match, you had <laughs> Ding basically saying, like, you know, game one, he already folded and said, this is too much for me. I can't handle this. Like, mm-hmm. literally, like, calling for his mom. And then Jan, of course, also, I mean, you saw, like, so many emotions in that final game. So, I don't know. I think that I've always thought that's, like, a load of BS. I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying before <laughs> you say it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, but, I totally agree. And I, I hate the YouTube comment section sometimes because like one of the these interviews I saw or like the game one stri- live stream, I saw a comment that said, oh, like this is like so much messier than the open world championship match. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, did you did you watch the same? I don't even think that that's watched? true. Yeah. Like for that for that specific match, I did like that's subjectively like not true. Um, right. I, I don't remember exactly which game it was because it's been a while um, and I'm not a grandmaster, but um, there was that game where I think it was in the Catalan. I want to say it was like game eight or something. It's like when Ding bounced back, Nepo was like completely winning. Um, and then like Nepo got smoked and actually like like just like allowed checkmate to lock like the long diagonal. Um, but I remember I was talking about that with my coach and my coach was like, this looked like a game between two 1300s. It's like what he what he said. It's like world championship match. Um, but I also like, you know, it's one thing if it's a YouTube comment section, because you know, there's some like there's yeah. some people who are just disrespectful and stuff like that. But then you have like the official support by FIDE for this thing, and it's like Emil Sutovsky saying on Twitter, like, you know, let's be honest, like, like, please respond in the replies, like whether you're going to watch this. And like one of the options is like literally don't care. It's like, come on, man, like you're the president of the FIDE. Like, what are, what are you doing? Like, what are you yeah. can't be bothered to do like a basic amount of promo. They didn't have a website until like today. Um, I, 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 it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's unfortunate uh, because I think yeah I, th- I think that events like this should just get more promotion like for just for the sake of growing the game but that's just me yeah i mean okay speaking more about women's like w- women in chess like there was there's the karen's cup recently which featured exclusively women and uh, it was like um you know it was a, it was a big price fund i think it was like almost two hundred thousand yeah uh dollars price fund and i was keeping up pretty much every every day looking at all the games and those were some the most exciting games I've seen in a while. Like there were so many decisive results and there was just so many different ideas um, that I really enjoyed keeping up with. And, and I, I made not only like short form videos, but I actually went, went through the effort of making long form videos. Cause I was like, these games deserve like a full breakdown. Like this is crazy. Like, um, but yeah. And, and I don't know. It, some, I feel like it takes a village, right? This is one of those moments where it takes like the whole ecosystem to change. And, you know, I don't know. Obviously, I'm just a cog in the wheel, but um, if I can do what I can do to help, then more than happy to. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely doing your part. Um, at the same time, I also think that, you know, I, 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 uh, what, another thing I hear is, is people, I think, you know, they, they want to be, 
they want to be allies, so they'll say stuff like, you know, like women's game is are so much more exciting. I also don't know if that's really true. Like, I just think like let like girls and women play chess, and you know, I I fully support people who make a boring Berlin draw. Um, I think that's every grandmaster's right, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I I I think that the the most important thing I think is just to set a good example for more women to actually come into chess because that's that's like really where the issue is and you know if you bring more women into chess and they play and they feel safe then you'll have you'll have that rating that average rating for you know female professional players go up and up and up and then it'll eventually reach the guys like there's just there just aren't enough women at the top level right now so um compared to the men so and i think it's sad but yeah, I I applaud you for what you're doing because I think you're you're one of the you really are one of the few YouTubers to do this kind of consistently. Um, and and I think you you really try to cover everything in the chess world, which is uh very impressive. I appreciate it, and yeah, happy to do it. Is there uh anything on your on your calendar coming up? Like uh any any tournaments? What's your next uh, event? Yeah, uh, the next event which I'm really trying to train for is actually a world championship so it's not it's not uh the world chess championship but it does have chess in it it's chess tennis world championship so uh it's kind of a hybrid event similar to chess boxing but the first day is a swiss tournament of tennis the second day is a swiss tournament of chess and then the best four combined scores make it to a knockout stage and the knockout stage is you alternate between six points of tennis, six minutes of chess, first person to win, I think, 18 points of tennis, like a super duper long tie break, basically first to 18 or first to checkmate. So it's uh, it's going to be quite a challenge. I know for a fact that there are multiple grandmasters in this cha- championship, but um, uh, for example, Alexander Kostinyuk's husband, Grandmaster Pavel Tregubov, Nice. He's also like I think he's a European chess champion as well. Like, um, you know he he won this event last year. Fortunately, I believe that I think that both him and Alexandra will be at the World Cup this year. <laughs> so it eliminates a couple of competitors right off the bat. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really banking on my strength as a tennis player, and then hoping to win some points in the latter stages of the the Swiss tournament. How is your tennis? Like, do you have a UTR? Like, uh, like what's your? You play yeah. in college or something? Yeah. So I, that's pretty good. You know about UTR, okay? I, so yeah. okay. <laughs> um. Well, I, yeah. I guess we've never talked about tennis, but I played in college, uh, Division three, and um, I know that UTR is like basically like the the ELO system for for tennis, but uh it's it's definitely the algorithms change so at one point i believe i was like in the mid 11s um but right now that's like i would i would definitely not be in the mid 11s um and also like a mid 11s back then is probably like a 10 something now so um yeah no i mean i I was i played tennis my whole life so i i took a big break over the last two years to play pickleball (laughs) so the fastest growing sport in the u.s but uh, if you're international and listening to this, I'm sorry. You'd probably have no idea what pickleball is, but uh, I'm switching back to tennis, so it's okay. <laughs> tennis, I think, also has a lot of similarities to to chess, at least one-on-one, like in the sense that your mistakes are like basically always your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, one-on-one. Uh, I, I played a little bit of tennis. I was, uh, you know, the 
in college they have like the student managers mm-hmm. so i was supposed to do that in my junior year for our um college team um which is also d3 because a lot of my friends were tennis players so i learned learned a lot of tennis um but then covid happened so never materialized it is what yeah. it is yeah no, yes. that's awesome no it's a it's a fun game and and i do agree like like um tennis and chess like you know people have all sorts of different styles people have all sorts of different strategies or, or strengths and it's like okay how do you combat that and i mean it, it is very much so strategy as well as execution yeah i mean i would i would assume you'd know kind of where you stand in terms of chess with the whole pack but oh probably bottom three <laughs> yeah but but where do you stand in terms of tennis like if because maybe you'll get some some chances there so i th- this is like i wouldn't have signed up if i didn't do a little bit of research right and based on what i could find um i'm hoping to be in the top three to five tennis players uh, just because I, I did whatever video I, I was able to scrape from previous world championships in chess tennis, I felt pretty confident about. Uh, I, I think um, if I can make it through the, the if I can make it to the knockout stage, I think I have a decent chance as long as I can survive a chess position. Um, so I don't know. It, it really depends because I feel like mo- more people are stronger in chess and weaker in tennis. I could be totally wrong about that, but I'm going to try and take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I I would imagine you're probably right. I mean, you just need to take like, you probably just need to take like one or two games in the chess section, and then if you can like win all your tennis matches, um, then you're you're probably in great shape to make the knockout. Yep. B- based on last year, if I go seven for seven, th- so it's seven rounds in each. So if I go seven 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 for seven in tennis and I win two games in chess, I think I'll be in. If I do lose a tennis game, six out of seven, then winning three out of seven is is a much bigger task. But it's not totally out of the question. Like, I mean, I I feel like that's one of the beauties about chess is that it's it's just objective. Like, you start with the same position, right? So you know, uh, especially nowadays where like prep, like I can get you know grand ma- like international master level prep with from my coach if we can find like our contestants and stuff and uh, competitors and um. Yeah, I mean, it's a rapid game, so maybe I'll have a little bit less time to figure things out. But oh, the, the chess is rapid, actually. Correct. Yes. yes. So that might actually that also probably helps you a little bit. Um, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, like it's, it's more it's variability. Still, yeah, right. it, yeah. It, there's a little bit of a variability there. So, um, it's I don't know any. I've never heard of it. I mean, I know what chess boxing is. Um. I had the Matt Thomas, the uh, the commentator for that chess boxing event. I had him on this podcast mm-hmm. in December, I think. Um, I don't know how old chess tennis is. I don't know if it's like a like a you know federated thing like they're trying to do with chess boxing or whatever. But uh, but I, I think it's really exciting. I think it's 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 always nice when you can uh, at, like combine your sporting interests together. That that's true. I, I I am very lucky that they combine chess with tennis, or else I would have no chance yeah. <laughs> competing in any world championship. But uh, but I do believe this is like the third or fourth edition of of chess tennis. Like it's something relatively young, and um, yeah, I don't believe it's federated. But this is like the the main club that does it. And it's going to be in uh, in where in Germany? I think you mentioned before, right? Yes. So it's going to be in Baden Baden, Germany. So I'm going to take a flight across the the big pond and um yeah do some work. exploring as well. 
working in finance, I assume it's not your first time out of the out of the country, right? Or... Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Although it is first time. Oh, like okay, not first time in Europe, but like I never traveled outside of North America for for finance. Oh, okay. Um. Well, yeah, Germany is awesome. Uh, yeah. Baden Baden is. Uh, I haven't been to that like city specifically, but I've been in that region. It's very very beautiful. A lot of nice castles and uh, cute towns. So you'll you'll have fun. I, I'm sure you'll have fun. And you, I assume you're going to make a ton of YouTube videos about it too. So that'll be exciting well, to watch. That's the plan. And um, I'm I, low key. I'm trying to convince some other content creators who are in Europe to maybe come and watch and just have a little watch party slash hangout session. But um, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. Eric uh, Rosen plays tennis too. I know that. Actually, some of the top level guys play tennis. I've seen some videos uh, of like Eric. I, he, I think it was after the Sinkfield Cup. He was playing with like Hans and and someone else. Like I mean, before before the incident, before the famous Labor Day incident. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, I do remember seeing like I think Eric was playing against some some of the. Uh, it wasn't the Sinkfield Cup, was it? Um, yeah, it was the Sinkfield Cup. Yeah. So... yeah. I know that, uh, so I, when I was in Vegas, I played a game against Eric and we were just, you know, we, we went to, you know, meals and stuff. So, so basically I, I was talking to him about tennis and he said that like Ray Robson and Lanier Dominguez Perez both play tennis as well. And those guys are like top 50 in the world grandmasters. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let's play tennis, but, but don't, don't tell them about the chess tennis world championship. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. Hope I don't know if they're around. I know Lanier just played in the Global Chess League, but yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. I'm going to St. Louis this weekend and planning on playing tennis with Eric. So hopefully, <laughs> we'll see if we get the other two guys out there or whoever else is in St. Louis playing tennis. Yeah, so I I assume that this is not rated, right? Like you're not going to get. Is it like FIDE rated the the Rapid Games or something? That is a great question. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't have a FIDE rating. I only have a USCF rating, so that would be funny if this is the first way I would get a rapid FIDE rating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll get it as as long as you play a FIDE rated tournament, you get it, and you're part of some federation. That's how I got mine. I didn't like have to pay anything. I was just part of the mm. Danish federation at the time, so I mean, it's what it is. But you you you'll you'll get something. I'm not I'm not too worried. You'll you'll get there eventually. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I I do. Aside from from you know chess, tennis, do you have any like OTB goals for the rest of the year? Is there rating goals you're trying to reach, or you just trying to play more tournaments? Like, what exactly is your philosophy there? Yeah. So okay, I I think I actually just released a video about this. This is funny that you asked because like with goals, I I you know I appreciate having like the numeric goal or like the end destination in sight. Like I appreciate that, and I obviously have my goals. Like I I want to get to two thousand chess.com like in the next year or two. Uh, I want to get like lifetime goal, probably 2000 USCF, you know, because that's considered expert level. Um, and I think if I ever hit any of these goals, then it's like, OK, I can I can always adjust upwards. Right. And um, but more importantly, like I think it's more about process. And um, that's something that I want to like have like actual actionable goals where it's like, let me do, you know, puzzles every day or let me let me. Um, play x number of rapid games and analyze or rapid or classical games and analyze them you know uh, in depth and stuff but uh, for otb i think it's i i just have no idea what strength otb ratings mean so it's like it's it's all like foreign to me so that's why i set like 2000 as a as a long-term goal 
but I'm so willing to adjust it as I go along. And um, in general, I just want to play like on average one over the board event per month, uh, whether it's rapid or classical and just kind of keep, keep going on with the journey. And hopefully some of these events will be like the Charlotte trip uh, that hopefully we'll plan and uh and similar to vegas or something else where a lot of people can get together yeah i mean i think you'll you'll definitely get if you're playing a tournament a month and you're like actively working on chess you'll you'll get there like most adults are not playing anything close to you know they they build up like uh you know in their head for months to play one tournament it goes a certain way win loss whatever and then you know if you're not playing events constantly you're not really going to see that improve so i think playing one tournament a month then it's gonna make you a lot, uh, a lot more. Like consistency is key. It seems like you're a consistent guy. Um, that's that's been that's. I, it seems like you 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 you've been on this grind. You said for like two years. Um, and uh, I've watched from afar. I've seen the quality of the reels improve slowly, and the <laughs> YouTube video thumbnails stuff like that. So it seems like you you've got the you've got the consistency going. So I think sky's the limit for you, honestly. Like you just got to keep doing the work. That's always. The I key. appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot because I feel like, yeah, like you know you're putting stuff on the internet and you see stuff in comments but you don't always get like that that actual validation so i, I appreciate that a lot and, and i yeah i guess that is kind of goes back to like the whole process thing like if you if you are strategic about your process then then your goals and results will come to fruition right usually do you have haters oh yeah nice <laughs> yeah i mean just imagine being a non-titled chess player putting out chess content and then like 300 elo players are like you're stupid <laughs> i'm like okay thanks <laughs> like, yeah um you know i've gotten like the funniest comment uh is probably that i've that i've gotten is when i was making a video about ding Li rin like someone commented ding from walmart <laughs> like i'm the walmart <laughs> version of ding and i was just like honestly that's too good like that's yeah. too good i i cracked up at that and uh and yeah i mean honestly Look, you, you care about the people that matter and, and that's all that matters. But yeah. I, I do get a kick out of it more often than I'm offended. That's that's a good, uh, it's a healthy attitude to have, honestly, when you're on YouTube. Because, I mean, you you can't really stop it, right? Like, there's there are people who just, they, they live off the hate. Like, that's what they're, that, that, that's what they're born to do like they're born to just go on youtube and like their their life destiny is to just you know be be somebody's <laughs> hater on youtube and they're not going to do anything else with their life besides that um right. but someone always told me like if you don't have haters you haven't made it i haven't been able to be that consistent just because i i'm working on other chess projects secretly and uh which i, I will i to, for the listeners i will definitely be showing you some some good stuff uh probably by the end of the summer i think i've been working on a top secret chess project um with one of my friends and it's been a lot of fun but obviously hard to be consistent when you have like that and school and and all this other stuff so but uh well, well david i just want to say like th this is just like chess like everyone's journey looks different and that's why i hate when people are like oh your elo's so low like not not just when they're talking about me but like about other people it's like guys guys and gals like everyone just look everyone is at a different point in their journey even if they're lower rated than you at some point you were that rated you were at that strength and sure. it's like yeah it, everyone's journey ends in a different place it, everyone starts at a different place everyone gets to a different place the, the same place at a different time and yeah i feel like the same thing with content creation it's like yeah wh whatever works for you is what you should do you know and it, whatever balance is right that's what you go for you know and 
uh people have different strengths so that's also a factor as well but yeah like i, I just i just want to say like i mean i've seen uh, a lot of podcasts from you with great guests and i've listened to a few that were i really enjoyed so yeah i mean consistency aside like or whatever because i mean i i kind of binge these so i didn't i don't, I don't know like the actual publishing yeah. schedule but to be honest but the quality is there and i feel like that's all that matters and yeah, keep doing it. People are enjoying it. And yeah, keep the journey going strong. Truth is, truth is, I don't actually have a schedule. My schedule is like whenever <laughs> I have whenever I have free time. Um, but I, I have wanted to get you on the podcast for a while. And so I'm like, I'm really, I'm really glad that like uh, we got to do this in the end. And I'm sure you'll I'll be very happy to have you back. Maybe I'll maybe I'll see you in Charlotte or other tournaments. Uh the OTP grind is is fun. It's a lot of fun. I I that's the thing that upsets me the most. Like if you're not having fun with OTP chess, like like you gotta either like refocus your mental approach to it especially if you're not like i understand if you're like a little kid and you're like trying to chase some title and then it's like really yeah. stressful or if you if you're like 2150 and like you just can't get that then that's probably really stressful but if you're just like playing a tournament like once every few months and just like hanging out with people like i just have fun i don't care like i, I do a little mm -hmm. bit of prep and then i just go to sleep Get some pizza before the games. Like when I used to play in the Marshall, so just have fun. Because otherwise, like if you're not having fun, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. You're spending yeah, money on these things, you know. Like I don't know. It's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to get some entertainment value out of it. <laughs> yeah, like if you're spending like you know you're spending forty dollars to have a miserable time. Like if I wanted to do that, I just like buy Knicks tickets. I don't know. Like <laughs> I... I don't know if you're Brutal. a basketball fan, but uh, yeah. Anyway, man, it's it's been great to have you. Um. I guess you should uh, tell tell my listeners like where can we find you? I teased a little bit. Sure, sure. Uh, no, you you can find me pretty much on all the platforms. You can find me on YouTube, uh, on TikTok, Instagram, Twitch. Uh, recently, Twitter. Uh, I had my first person ever tell me that they knew me from Twitter. I'm like, how? But okay. <laughs> Although there's threads now. There's there's threads. I made a threads account this morning. Yep, yeah. So. Thanks for the follow. Yeah, there's uh, Threads now, uh, which is like the Facebook's uh, Twitter knockoff. I, it's pretty good. I don't know what you think so far. I think it's decent. It. I mean, I'm not going to claim myself to be a Twitter expert, so it's it's all just foreign to me. But I, I'm yeah. happy to experiment. I I I described it on my like personal Twitter account, like Instagram's version. Like Threads feels like uh like a boring hotel room, but Twitter lately has felt like uh, I don't know, like a burning drug. Then I don't know. It's definitely like. <laughs> It's uh, it's been a bizarre couple of months on Twitter. So mm -hmm. anything, any shakeup is good, I think. So, but yeah. So I mean, Katie learns on all those. Uh, Correct. Yes. So I'll put I'll put all his links in the description below if you want to go follow him on TikTok or I actually don't know. I think my demographic's a little too old for TikTok, honestly. But uh, Katie also makes very 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 instructive YouTube videos about his own games, other games. Uh, so you guys should definitely check those out um and uh yeah katie thanks for coming on and thanks for listening to this episode guys uh i'll see you a couple of weeks for the next guest and till then uh take it easy be safe uh, be healthy and have fun adios